everybody, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 127. Today we're going to be continuing our Francis Ford Coppola Corner with the review of the movie Apocalypse Now, Final Cut, followed by a review of the new Pixar film, Lightyear. So without further ado, let's get into our Francis Ford Coppola Corner. Um, you know, he helped me get my very, he basically taught me everything about uh, writing and directing, and then at the same time he got my first film off the ground, and then he helped me get my second film off the ground. Uh, and then later on, I went and produced one of his, uh, film for him. Uh, and uh, in the meantime, I'd worked on films as second unit on things like Godfather and other films like that. I developed uh, with John Millius uh, the script for Apocalypse Now, which he ultimately went on and did. So welcome back, everybody, to our Francis Ford Coppola Corner. If you don't know, we are going through all the films of Francis Ford Coppola, starting with Dimension, uh, Dementia 13 all the way up to his newest film. And uh, it's kind of a journey seeing, you know, we just chose like a filmmaker that we found interesting. And uh, a lot of his middle films, I'd say, we probably haven't seen. A lot of early ones, middle ones, um, outside of the classics. But if this is your first time joining us, welcome. Uh, today we are going to be looking at Apocalypse Now, Final Cut, which is uh, a variation of the movie that he originally released in um, 1979. So... Without further ado, we are going to give you some trivia, though, right here. So, just so you can kind of follow along if you're uh, listening to them all. So, it kind of give you if you're you nasty. Know, if you're nasty with <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because um, you know it was shot in various locations and kind of feels like that right now where we are. So, <laughs> just Hotter just than a bit fucking hell yeah. today. So, <laughs> we are in Vietnam, actually. Me and Marco. Just let you know, Nabil's wearing yeah. a jacket, and it's. Fucking angering me big time right now. <laughs> it's, it's 98 degrees outside, but it's 67 inside. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's, uh, it's 93 outside here, but it was 103. So, um, <laughs> and anyways, it's let's eight, get it. eight inside. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get into some um, some of the background behind the scenes trivia here. Finally, success of The Godfather, The Conversation, and The Godfather Part Two. Coppola began filming Apocalypse Now, an adaptation of Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness, set in Cambodia during the Vietnam War. The production of the film was plagued by numerous problems, including typhoons, nervous breakdowns, the firing of Harvey Keitel, Martin Sheen's heart attack, and extras from the Philippine military, and half of the supplied helicopters leaving in the middle of scenes to fight rebels. It was delayed so often, it was nicknamed Apocalypse When. The film was overwhelmingly lauded by critics when it finally appeared in 1979 and was selected for the 1979 Cannes Film Festival, winning the Palme d'Orlong with The Tin Drum, directed by Volker Schlondorf. When the film screened at Cannes, he quipped, My film is not about Vietnam, it is Vietnam. Apocalypse Now's reputation has grown in time and is now regarded by many as a masterpiece of the new Hollywood era and is frequently cited as one of the greatest movies ever made. In 2001, Coppola re-released Apocalypse Now as Apocalypse Now Redux, restoring several sequences lost from the original 1979 cut of the film, thereby expanding its length to 200 minutes. In 2019, Coppola re-released Apocalypse Now once more as Apocalypse Now Final Cut, claiming that version to be his favorite. Alright, without further ado, let's get into our review of Apocalypse Now Final Cut. When I was home after my first tour... 
All I could think of was getting back into the jungle. I wanted a mission. And for my sins, they gave me one. When it was over, I'd never want another. Who's the commanding officer here? Ain't you? You know that last time I was saving? I dropped it. Every man has got a breaking point. Paul Kurtz has reached his. He has gone insane. Apocalypse Now Final Cut, sitting at a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. The synopsis of this movie is, a U.S. Army officer serving in Vietnam is tasked with assassinating a renegade special forces colonel who sees himself as a god. So this is, once again, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, also known as Frank by George Lucas. That's Frank with 1K. Yeah, okay, George, calm down now. It was written by John Milius, who also did Conan the, Bar- the Barbarian in 1982 and Red Dawn in 1984. It's also written by Francis Ford Coppola himself. It's, uh, again, based on the novel Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad. And the original release of the film was August 15th, 1979. Had a budget of $31 million, and it grossed at the box office at $150 million, making it a box office success. Although that budget, I think, was probably a lot more than that. because I think it was, did actually. go over budget. There's a lot more, yeah. Yeah, Francis Ford Coppola, I think, like dumped some of his own money into this movie, too. So, it's a lot that wasn't really... I think really he technically for. lost a lot of money, and that's what kind of put him in a financial hardship for like the next 20 years or something, right? Oh, yeah, he had to mortgage his house and his winery for the shit, so, yeah. Definitely not like, mentioned in his budget. He didn't give him the Star Wars. <laughs> he didn't give him that Star Wars money. Yeah, not the Star War. It starred Martin Sheen as Benjamin Willard, Marlon Brando as Colonel Walter Kurtz, Robert Duvall as Lieutenant Colonel William Bill Kilgore, Frederick Forrest as Chef, Albert Hall as Chief Petty Officer George Phillips, Sam Bottoms as Gunner's Mate Third Class Lance... B. Johnson, Lawrence Fishburne as Mr. Clean, who actually lied about his age at the time, Dennis Hopper as the American photojournalist, doesn't even have a real name, and Harrison Ford as Colonel G. Lucas, which he also named himself in honor of George Lucas himself. I'm sure I gave him that idea because, you know, fancy. (laughs) Shouldn't you know Frank would like it? I'll get it. So, like we've done with all the other movies in the Francis Ford Coppola corner, we're going to go over with our history with the movie. And I think today, I'll start with you, Nabil. Uh, have you seen it before? And did you see the original Redux version? Or is this your first time watching the final cut? What's your history with this movie, Nabil? Talk to me. <laughs> Tell me. Show me. 
No, put your shirt back on, goddammit. Let me show you my scars. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've seen the film before, um, I've, and I've seen both the original and the Redux versions, um, which, when I saw the Redux versions, I'd seen that a few times, and I always thought that, that was like, oh, that's the ultimate cut, that's the best-looking version of the film. Um, and uh, this would be my first time watching the final cut, and I have to say, is it does add a bit more to it. You know, and I, with the Redux already being very long, I didn't expect much more. Yeah, I was going to say, he, isn't, like, the Redux, is he missing here? isn't the Redux version longer than this cut? It is. It's a, Yeah, it is. it's supposed to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. But this seems like it's a much more um, cohesive, like, focused story somehow, more so than the Redux version, uh, at mm. least in my opinion. So, um, yeah, I... I I mean, I I've seen him on TV. It showed up a few times. I've I've watched uh, DVDs of the uh, Redux version a few times as well on streaming. So it's it's just always kind of been out there, mostly for some a lot of the mm-hmm. iconic scenes. Um, it's been a long time since I've done like a full sitting of the entire film. Probably probably about seven eight years since I've actually done that. Um, but yeah. I've... I don't have much relation to the Vietnam War, and I don't. I couldn't say I have a connection to the film, but it definitely um, does. I feel I do feel that it does have a good portrayal of what a lot of people who came out of the Vietnam War um, what they experienced, because it has a lot of different aspects of it. And you know, the character Benjamin Willard is mm. is kind of experiencing it. We're using him as our vessel to see all these different experiences of for other people in the war that he's going through. So you get to see people that are on the battlefield, people that are just out in the jungle, people that are just you know waiting for something to happen or nothing happening at all. You get to see all those kind of things. And that's always been a very interesting take on how um, how the war was just unexpected. And no one was ever fully prepared of what was uh, what was going to happen out there every time they do a tour. So it's safe to say that you liked it then, Nabil? I did enjoy the film, yeah. That's good. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, James? What's what's your history with Apocalypse Now? Have you seen it before? I'm, I'm assuming yes, and I'm assuming you've seen the Redux version too. And is this your first time watching the final cut? No fucking lying, goddammit. No, no more lying. I said no Stop more lying. lying to me. Yeah, I've seen it several times. I've even read The Heart of Darkness, so I had to do that for uh, one of my classes in uh, film studies. So I've Ooh. seen the nor- original one. I've seen Redux. And uh, first time seeing for, uh, Final Cut, though. I, I didn't realize this was a new version from the, uh, what, 2019, right? Yeah. yeah, it was out for the 40th anniversary, I think, is when this came out, right? Yeah. Because they released it in theaters for a little bit. Yeah, I didn't realize this was like a new cut. Is it? It's just like Blade Runner, where there's like too many at this point. So I'm like, man, I don't know. Is this the most accurate? Is this the one that like most like? Because I had thought people liked the Redux version, and then I read into it, and like, I guess the Redux one is people don't like it. And I will say, it's like three and a half hours long, and it is, you know, really fucking long. But um, yeah. there's a lot going in there. You wanted to get all the scenes in. Yeah, this time once again, uh, 4K remaster of this one. I thought it looked great. Storyline is. It falls along. I think it still runs a little too long. I think the preferred version for me is still the theatrical cut, truth be told. But I get why they added certain scenes, and um, it's a uh, it's less about the war. It's more about like the horrors of war and like um, the horror, like what um what men, I mean, you know, people, I guess, go through and the 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 catastrophic like cover up of government conspiracies and such. And there's a lot of shit to this mm-hmm. movie. If you tell you the truth, so, 
And I just there's layers. I just absolutely just everyone's just sweating. This whole fucking movie. There's a scene where Martin Sheen's just he like dripping. <laughs> I was just like, and I think he was indoors. <laughs> I was like, Dude. I feel you. I was like, I feel you right now. And I, I'm not a, usually a big fan of like the narr- narrative kind of play when people do it, but he something about Martin Sheen's voice just works for this too. Just to let you know. So, yeah, no, that's understandable. Well, I've obviously seen the movie myself before too. Uh, I have seen the theaters, right? Back in uh, the seventies, you were. Uh, I no? yeah so. yeah I saw it uh, right after I saw the Star Wars. So you know, Marco was in. <laughs> saw these movies, fucking. <laughs> had loose sig in my mouth i saw myself in the background i'm like fuck he got me the shot what's wrong with you frank <laughs> but yeah i saw Bro, this when, one in when the american photographer shows up i said what the fuck's marco doing here <laughs> 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 fucking dennis hopper <laughs> like, he starts american, spitting lines from american speed. american pop quiz hot shot <laughs> he's the new god man sorry <laughs> everybody everybody just doesn't get him man um yeah you know i i've seen the redux version too i actually remember when lawrence fishburne was uh was promoting redux back in 2001 really and yeah he was promoting the shit out of it in every fucking interview and i was like lawrence fishburne what the fuck you talking about man you're not even in that fucking movie only to find out fuck he is <laughs> for the longest time i didn't know he was in the movie if anything, i was like for real? i didn't realize he was in the movie as long as he was i, I always thought he was like that, a super yes. minor character i was like he's longer he's in this movie longer than i remember so no he it's quite, the re, it's the redux version that puts like. yeah puts a lot is more fucking scenes in it okay because he's and in it like a lot more like this time around i was like oh Damn. fuck yeah i was like i don't remember him being in this much scenes so He's even more in this one, I think, than in the Redux version, but I think that's why he's promoting it, because a lot of the shit got cut and stuff, because uh, Coppola was trying to, you know, make it appropriate for theatrical release, because he was trying to... Yeah, yeah, he really wanted to be successful, because they dumped so much fucking cash into it. So much money into it, yeah. But truthfully, I barely remember this movie, and I've, I've seen it a handful of times on TV, on DVD. Fuck. I think I saw it on VHS. The original fucking time came out, but whatever, uh, the uncensored version that is. No. So, sir, you mean cause you know, disc. TV, cause TV fucking censors laser everything. Disc, so. Laser disc mark. Yeah. On the fucking laser to put it on there. So, so yeah, uh, this is my first time watching the final cut. And though I agree with James, it is quite the long movie. Um, I, I enjoyed it, man. Uh, I thought that this was the the full complete cut, and you know maybe it's the fact that it's in 4K Ultra HD, and it was just fucking gorgeous, dude. Whoever did the on, coloring for this movie, god damn, dude, it looks good. Yeah, it looked fucking great on my OLED TV. I was like, oh my god, I can smell him. <laughs> and man, it, I could it, too. It, and then I realized just, it's just me sweating <laughs> again. I was like, fuck, it's me. It's just an incredible tale about you know fucking you know governments and how you know war is just fucking you know ugly on on either side and it's especially when you know there's special interests in you know a particular region in the world or something there's there's a fucking scene where they're talking to these fucking french people uh when they're close to getting the colonel kurtz and he's talking about how the french guy saying how he's been there for generations and shit i'm like uh dude that's not that's the fucking Vietnamese's people's land, bro. What the fuck are you talking about, man? Been there for fucking generations, my ass. And it's a very uncomfortable fucking conversation. 
And I'm just, I'm watching with my brother. And I'm just like, this is such a fucking weird conversation, but I see why he left it in there. And Martin Sheen's character is just fucking just watching these people just fucking talk back and forth about who owns what and who owns who owns where. And it's it's just kind of shows the the ugly truths behind war sometimes where it's never really about like public ide- uh political ideologies, but more about like wealth and resources and shit and exploiting people. But, you know, no matter which side you're on and stuff and then, you know, a bunch of people fucking dying for no fucking reason. But uh, the fact that he like was just so real in like the, the the sheer and raw violence of everything and the ugliness of wars and how like it is a it's a uh, ultimately a different fucking world you're living in in that and and you see it and you're fully immersed into it like it's it's uncomfortable and it's meant to make you feel uncomfortable because uh you know there's. You know, as, as many times as we watch war movies and everything, real wars, it's, it's you know, fucking sucks, you know? So, yeah. um, I, I felt like he really captured that and, and really captivated in, in the film. So, uh, the performances were just fucking great, so I like that, I too. I think it does a good job, like, a, not, like, glorifying war. A lot of war movies try to do that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And this one is, like, it shows you, like, the utter confusion, like, them going up river and, like, how chaotic it is every time they hit like an outpost and it's like who the fuck is in charge here and it's just like a bunch of dudes and like it, being dudes yeah like, what the fuck you know so yeah almost like a disconnect with each group that they're in like yeah. you got one fucking group that's just fucking murking people and then just worried about surfing you got another you know group that's interested about their freaking entertainment you got another group that's just fucking trying to you know survive and it, it's it's just one big giant clusterfuck that they're in and and you you see just how like the insanity of of war and what it can do. So um, I do got to say like Robert, that, Robert that Duvall really though, amazing performance. Jesus Christ, crazy son of a bitch, that man, dude. It's so yeah. crazy. You see him in the Godfather one and two, then you remember this. You know, we're going in order. Like and he, now he's like this character. Like Jesus Christ, look at the range on this guy. Yeah, he's very. Uh, <laughs> dude, he's kind of reminiscent he's fucking of that. on the megaphone. I won't hurt you. I just want my surfboard back. Dude, I'm I think like, it's hilarious fuck. that Martin Sheen goes back because he's like, fuck this guy to take the board. Yeah. Like, he steals <laughs> it on hilarious. purpose. He's like, fuck this Oh, guy. yeah. Yeah, well, fuck yeah. that guy. But he's got, he's, I mean, his, 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 you know, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. It's classic fucking lines, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which like, they, for the longest time, they thought was going to get uh, cut out from the film. Cut from it, yeah. Yeah. But man, he he played a piece of shit very well. So, uh, what what else worked for you guys? What did you guys think about the soundtrack? Amazing. I love the soundtrack. A lot of, yeah, thing. a lot of classic 60s songs. A lot of, songs. A lot of Doors. So, yeah. Oh. Gotta love the Doors. Jim Morrison everywhere. Kind of goes with yeah, the, they went to, the theme of it all. So. They went mm-hmm. to Ukla together, and um, he uh, asked Jim Morrison if, if they could put if they could have the Doors um, do the soundtrack for the whole movie, and they were like, yeah. So, he they let them... The Doors let Francis Ford Coppola use the masters, the original masters right. and stuff for the soundtrack. And for a while, almost the entire movie was actually like just music from the Doors until they actually started putting in a, a, a real score in it. Nice. So, I love that scene in the, when uh, in the beginning sequence with this uh, the whole "This is the end," you know, in the beginning of yeah. the movie, and then like Martin Sheen's just like fucked up, and he's actually really fucked up. It's oh wild, yeah, all the behind the scenes, yeah. of this dude, and he really cut his hand, and he just—he just—they had to get like three people in there to like calm him down and shit. Yeah, like, oh, S- oh. Uh, speak. 
<laughs> speaking on that, I know we talked about um, Robert Duvall's performance, but what, what do you guys think about the the other actors? And what do you guys think about Martin Sheen's performance, or uh, even the, the the extra scenes from Lawrence Fishburne or Marlon Brando? What do you think, Nabil? I mean, Martin Sheen just—you can feel the intensity the whole time. You could feel his pain from the beginning when you see him, all the way kind of through the end. In fact, I think near near the end when he finally does meet uh, Colonel Walter Kurtz, that you kind of start seeing where the lead up is and how he's starting. The whole thing is that he starts to relate with him through reading um, mm-hmm. his file and and everything that's occurred. And then once he finally gets there, you can see that. Oh no, this motherfucker's crazy, <laughs> you know, yeah. kind of thing. And and you can see the light bulb switch too, from like, I hate this war. Why am I here? But I'm never gonna leave. And you know, throughout the whole thing. But this is what I have to do. This is my duty. Up until um, the very end, where he's like, "Holy crap! I'm. Why do I think that? You know, why would I ever think that this guy was sane? You know, but mm-hmm. at the same time, thinking that, you know, this was a uh, what is this the right thing to do to get another soldier or to um to kind of just let him be kind of thing and so and then relating to him saying that he will i i love the line that i had forgotten that he'd said like he essentially kind of let him go because he wanted to uh colonel Kurtz let uh benjamin willard go because he wanted to die a soldier's death essentially so he wanted him to come at him mm-hmm. the right way and not just kind of assassinate him you know one-on-one or anything like that so just just that part of it like i could feel his his whole intensity you really felt his emotion throughout the whole film on what he was going through and then the dialogue kind of reading through that like james was mentioning earlier the narration of of him understanding or or realizing um what was happening around him and kind of reading that out and getting a few idea of what his feelings were kind of helped with that with that um the intenseness of it all of just everything going around him so i think he really did like carry this film a lot more than even i recall in the redux film which is longer i you know i didn't feel it's obviously there but i feel like mm-hmm. it was just much more um i i guess focused it was much more focused on him and his character and what he was going through more than more so than i felt like in uh, the redux version no I, I i agree um i think that martin sheen's performance really does carry the movie um, I mean, he's filled with a bunch of really great supportive performances from from everyone ar- around him. Like <clears throat> every every single line, every single dialogue is just like acted out, you know, so well. I liked um, Lawrence Fishburne's added scenes as well too. Like to to see like just how on edge everybody was and how disconnected they were from from reality and how like they just added this feeling of jumpiness and like of this this uncomfortable like like shroud over you that anything is is about to happen at any given fucking time and um i think that added to the whole like theme and to the whole like like feel of the movie as well too um speaking you you mentioned a little bit on on the story and uh and the the narrative james like did that did that work for you did that the way it was you i know you mentioned a little bit how you liked martin sheen's narration but at at, at any time did it you know did you feel like you wanted more or less of that or how did did you feel about that i think it works well because that's also how heart heart of darkness is actually uh narrative narratively told through the uh you know the perspective of the main character so 
um, it worked for me. I thought it was cool because it kind of you get more in depth into like what's in his head. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously after the fact, so in a way, you kind of know that he survives, you know. So yeah, um, but it's also like him reading through the letters, and then you get even more of like a backstory in that, and like somebody had already gone out there, and then like Kurtz converted him to his ways and shit, and it's pretty wild. So yeah. Afraid, the original, he does have a voiceover in the original too, yeah. right? Yeah, I think. So. Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I agree. I I actually don't mind it when there's like a, a narrative like that when it's it's almost when it's like well a noir done, it where difference. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when when it just when it all blends together and it really fits into into the the feeling and 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 the emotions of the of the character, then yeah, it works. And I felt like this really did embody that. Kind of Bill was kind of touching on that too and saying how you really got to see like um you you. You think Willard is unhinged at the beginning, and then he starts to read the reports on Kurtz and starts to see, no, wait, hold on, this guy is fucking insane. Never mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going is, stir crazy. He obviously is kind of suffering from like PTSD or oh yeah, right. I mean, yeah. obviously based on the heart of darkness. So it's about you know the the darkness of man, but in the the the, the more and more they go up in that river, you know, is deeper yeah. into the heart of darkness itself, which is the horror that of war basically and. That's yeah. why it gets crazier and crazier. It starts out relatively like a normal Vietnam movie, then by the end it's you got you yeah know, got decapitated heads and shit and like fuck. And so. I I think we can all agree the cinematography is just fucking fire, right? Like yeah, shots are great, especially yeah. in that 4K man. God damn, I told you guys just that even that opening Saigon Dude. scene was like Jesus Christ, this looks good. Right, it looks like it was just filmed like like yesterday. I know we see yeah, that a lot they, with like old movies that have been restored, but this one yeah. really does look like it was just filmed yesterday. And then they they shot it all practically, so like all those helicopter mm-hmm. shots are like actual guys in helicopters filming other, and they had so many of it. It's fucking crazy, man. It, uh, Francis Ford Coppola actually couldn't didn't even really get to see a single scene because I guess they filmed in the Philippines, I guess, and. Yeah. uh they didn't really have like a like an actual film studio where he could go and edit like the film or anything. So he had to wait until he went back to the U.S. and finally got to see all the shots that he shot. And it fucking wild that so he never got to see so, anything. They had until so then. many of them, I guess, too. So yeah, yeah, it's fucking wild, and it still turned out to be like fucking beautiful. Just a lot of really. But this great is also shots. why it took him forever to make this movie, too. So yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so we, we talked a lot about what, what worked for us and what we liked, um, but what, what didn't work for us here? James, is there is there anything you would have wanted to see more or less of in the film? Okay, so the final cut, the, the Playboy Bunny scene still takes way too fucking long. <laughs> yeah. I was like, dude, do we need this shit? Like, we could have got a little bit. I know in the Redux, there's a follow-up scene where they find that helicopter crash and shit goes down. It's even worse, by the way. Some stuff that happens. Yeah. Like some Jesus. unnecessary sex scenes. It's like, why the fuck is this here? And then, truthfully, the French, the French plantation, I've never been a fan of. Like, yeah, I get it. They they were there before. They were doing the war, but I think it takes away from the pacing. But he really wanted. I think that it does to too. Uh, yeah. It's longer in the Redux version, by the way. So in this one, mm-hmm. it's still like, I swear to God, it's like 25, 30 fucking minutes. I think. But he's still one, fondling a like naked French woman in the bed for like fifteen minutes. Yeah, I guess the point of it is that <laughs> they want you to. He, he, it's like his last touch with humanity before he's about to yeah. go super over the top with Kurtz. That's why. So that's the whole point. But I think it, I think it also kind of shows like the, the the type of men that he's dealing with, like these people who feel so overtly empowered, and these are the type of people that push the war agenda too. It's just like all this entitledness, it, it, you know. Was, that I'm entitled I, to this. I'm entitled to that. 
Maybe, but it also kind of points out like people have been here before. You're not the first people here to try to take these people over is what he was trying to get across to. Yeah. And it just takes like, dude, cut 10 minutes out of that. Like make this two (laughs) hours and 45 minutes. Right. Because I was like, fuck, man, that part is I'm glad it's not as long as the Redux. And then on top of that, they didn't add the second scene with the Playboy bunnies. So I was like, okay, good. But um. That, that, those uh, are Nabil, two Nabil just sent me a text right now live saying like he was fucking quote lay sad that they cut the rest of the Playboy Bunny <laughs> scenes. Yeah. I was like fuck dude. But I, Jesus. <laughs> what, what but, I, but outside of that though for the most part I, I uh, it, it works. Those are the only two that I have the gripe with. So Yeah. What, what about for you Nabil anything that you want to see more or less of or do you kind of agree with James? Yeah. I think I think the French scene is is probably the one that really does slow down the pace of the film. Like it does, it does have a purpose there, mm-hmm. and it's it's part of what like Francis Ford Coppola is really doing in this film. He's he's trying to hit every aspect of the war from yeah. different perspectives. I mean, there's even a scene where he's talking about you know the the last stronghold that the the U.S. has with that bridge where they were waiting for the orders to come in or the updated mail or whatever, and they're basically as they were leaving it and saying like that bridge is always getting under attack always collapsing it's just for the uh, the higher ups to be able to say look how much we've taken we, we control when really that's the constant struggle of it like so he's trying to hit every aspect of mm-hmm. it to try to show that so i think that that french scene really does slow things down and we're getting perspectives of other you know of the uh, the other people involved in the war and the families that are there and you know what their stakes are in their share but i agree with james like that could have been trimmed a bit more, uh, even though it is already kind of trimmed. Um, I think that table talk is, is just going on a bit longer and it probably really could have done for some real reworking um, to, to kind of structure it a little bit better, but obviously that's not a thing you can do at this point, but that I think that's the scene that that really just throws everything off a bit compared to what else is going on. The Playboy scene, I like what they did with this one. It's much shorter, and I'm glad you don't see them die, like, you know, later or with the, with the helicopter crash like they should do in the. Uh, because I don't take the happy away, please. <laughs> but because it also please shows like love God, he does call out like in that scene how basically they're making a spectacle and calling them out, making making themselves kind of notice of where they are you know people they're in the middle of a war still and they have all this thing going on and people are just gonna be able to attack them or something give mm-hmm. away their position so so it's it's like i there's a point to that and i do like that being there um so um and it kind of got to where it needs to go and they did, even the fighting was cut down a bit more it just all kind of happened really quickly and they just disappeared so that was my one thing too is, is the french scene that um really took away from most of the movie I agree with the whole like Playboy scene entertainment. Like I, I understood, you know, the whole per- purpose of it. I'm glad it was cut down uh, shorter. I actually don't remember the extended scene in Redux that much. Again, like for some reason, I see this movie over and over again, and I always forget things about it. Maybe because it's just so fucking long, <laughs> um, or maybe because at times it's very traumatizing. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I agree. It. Although the the French scene is is long, I really think it it hammers home the whole point and everything that that Coppola was trying to really like present. Like these are people who see themselves above everyone else and who think that they. They deserve to determine, you know, the right of, you know, one people over another or something like that. It's just it, it it's and, and also like what James was touching on as well, too, saying that, you know, they've been there before and, you know, they weren't, you know, the first people to try to do this and to try to, 
you know, take take over these people in their own land and shit, you know. So, um, it again, it, it kind of it's a good segue into the insanity that is Kurtz and the delusion that that dude is is living in. So, I think it's a precursor like to that, and and it kind of shows that even though these motherfuckers are more civilized and living all posh and nice in, in their home, their mentality and their way of thinking is not that far off from Kurtz really like Kurtz living, you know, full, you know, on the land and shit like that, you know, all natural within, you know, ancient structures and shit like that. But they both see themselves almost ideally the same way, like above, you know, certain people. So I, I felt that it hammered down, hammered that point pretty well. Um, really, I think, um, although we get enough of Kurtz and everything, like I, I felt like we could have, for some reason I was expecting more of that and more of, um, uh, Willard being, you know, immersed in, in that, you know, insane cult of that, that Kurtz, you know, leads, but um, I guess a little more of that would have been probably would have been overkill. So no, it's because um, Brando wouldn't know his lines probably still. Yeah, that, he's, that he's, too. He's been that much too. He'd heard, show up uh, drunk and just not knowing. I his heard lines. Coppola was so pissed that he didn't film any of his spots. That was like the assistant director did all those scenes. Yeah, he had the yeah. do it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fucking he, dumb. He, yeah, he showed he up actually, like super <laughs> obese and shit. He's like, what the. F- fuck dude this is not the brando i know yeah he had to use camera tricks in order to make him look like taller and stuff and, and dude, try not to focus on like yeah. a lot yeah he tried to do a lot of upper shots and not show his belly and stuff he had to point, fucking brando he read eating. heart of darkness out loud to him so that marlon brando would understand the story a bit more he's like what is this bullshit like <laughs> and stupid he didn't even like the name kurtz even though it's the same fucking name in the book like Coppola tried to explain it to him, and he just he just didn't get it. How does this compare to the other movies we've seen so far in a bill? You think that uh, Coppola has grown as a filmmaker in this? You you feel that this is his uh, his apex? How do you feel? Tell me. Yeah, I mean, you know, people will say The Godfather is his his signature film. Um, and I would agree with that, the sense that, you know, those are the films that really showed his craft. But I think Apocalypse Now is like his, his definitely his passion project that he was actually able to deliver on um, and really get what he wanted. And obviously he's made d- different cuts of it at this point and, and has his final one out. But I feel that he invested everything he could um, to make this film happen, mm-hmm. make it work and uh, get the message across. And it not only was he able to uh, not not was going through hell to do it, but was able to produce a film, but also produce a good film, you know, film that's won Oscars, that has uh, gotten a right. lot of praises for just the depiction of the reality of the Vietnam War. Um, and it's, it's I'm, I'm sure one of his kind of like, for him at least, feels like one, it's one of his masterpieces in a sense of just ha- being able to, not every filmmaker be, is able to create something and get his vision across in the way that he was able to, especially with two hours worth of a uh, two hundred hours worth of film, um, <laughs> and was able to really, you know, put in that time and effort to make this kind of movie and have it last as long as as um, it has. So yeah, I think that this this puts all those elements that he's been building to together to work. Um, and even with all the frustration and hardship he went through, he was still able to really just deliver on the vision he was trying to put, put for this movie. 
Well said. Well, that's the end of the pod, guys. Fiend. I don't want to follow that up. So, <laughs> going to call it up. Close up shop. Closing the lap down here. And uh, I'm going home. See you guys. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, very well said, man. Um, James, like, well, what about you? How do you see I mean, this movie compared to other couple films? Do you agree? Disagree? Do you want to choke no, on the I, bill? I agree. What do you want? I just... Um, <laughs> I just think that this is peak though, though now. So after this, yeah. I think we're yeah. gonna. I, I don't. I don't know if we're gonna be disappointed, but we're gonna just see. A, he, he st- I think because of this, like it left a bad taste in his mouth. So like that's why he went to a lot smaller films afterwards. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll see. I'm int- I'm really excited actually now to look at the films after this because these are the films that I definitely, you know, outside of one or two of them, I haven't really seen a lot of the ones in the 80s and 90s. So it's gonna be interesting right, to right. see. Like what? What became of it? But now maybe you know that's the whole point of this se- segment is like, are we gonna notice like certain aspects of his filmmaking still even in these smaller projects and you know stuff like that? So, I I, I agree. And I think that this is his, his. It's his baby, man. He he put everything in it. His heart, soul. He fucking. But he bet his house. Literally bet his house on this and his winery on, on this fucking movie. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, James. It, it, I, it probably took a toll on him. I mean, to, to like, I don't think invest he... so much into this. Yeah. If I, if I was to take a stab in the dark, I don't think, I think there's a movie in the late eighties he makes that get, gets pretty well, but he doesn't make a blockbuster one again until Dracula. So, and Dracula, um, Dracula, sorry. Yeah. And I mean, you know, he's like got Captain it. EO. That's. That's the film right there. Everybody's looking forward to watching. I know that. <laughs> no, but I mean, he in, in each movie that we've seen prior, he keeps trying to outdo himself and one up himself over and over. And this yeah. one, I I mean, it's he it's everything everything he's accumulated, every skill, every piece of knowledge in 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 film and storytelling that he crafted together and put this together. And yeah, it took you know a bunch of fucking different cuts to get it right but i mean it's you know it, it's still stuff he shot back then and a movie that he crafted and thought up of back then that that ultimately is his, you know his grand masterpiece so it'd be like james said it'll be interesting to see you know his fall from grace i'm just kidding just to see like uh the difference between those movies and everything we've seen thus far though i am excited for uh outsiders Obviously, we would recommend this one, especially if you have been watching these movies along with us or uh, if you're a fan of Francis Ford Coppola. So um, we're going to go ahead and uh, go into our ratings. Uh, Let's start with uh, you, James. What do you rate this movie out of five stars? I would give this one a four out of five stars. Right on. What about you, Nabil? I give this four and a half stars. Well... I'm going to meet you there in a bill. And I also give this one four and a half chubs. I mean, stars, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> four and a half stars, man. No. Yeah. It's, it's fucking great, man. I uh, love this movie. It's a bit too long. Yeah, obviously uh, slows down a little bit. Uh, all the added scenes, you know, maybe affect the pacing, but overall I think it helps the narrative. So, well, that's our review of apocalypse. Now final cut guys. Let's move on to our main review of Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear mission log, stardate 3901. After a full year of being marooned, our first hyperspeed test flight is a go. Who are you talking to? Uh, no one. 
were narrating again. I was not. Just doing the mission log. You do know no one ever listens to those. I know that. Narrating helps me focus. Ready, Captain Lightyear? Ready as I'll ever be, Commander Hawthorne. This is exciting. A new adventure. I'm gonna grant you four minutes to be off-planet, but then you come right back to us. To infinity. And beyond. You are clear for hyperlaunch. Beep boop, beep boop, beep boop. Buzz, that was utterly terrifying, and I regret having joined you. Buzz Lightyear to Star Command. Coming, Star Command. Why don't they answer? Hey, hey! Shh! The robots! The what? What is happening right now? Alicia? Oh, no. That's my grandmother. But, Socks, how long were we gone? Meow, 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 meow. 62 years, 7 months, and 5 days. What? So, Lightyear, currently sitting at a 77% Rotten Tomato score. Synopsis is, while spending years attempting to return home, marooned Space Ranger Buzz Lightyear encounters an army of ruthless robots commanded by Zerg, who are attempting to steal his fuel source. This is directed by Angus McLean, who also did Finding Dory back in 2016, and is based on the characters created by Pete Docter, Andrew Stanton, and John Ram. This is written by Angus McLean, um, as well as Matthew Aldrich, who wrote Coco, uh, as well as Jason Headley, who had done Onward. And this film is currently in theaters and was uh, released on uh, June 17th. This is starring Chris Evans as Buzz Lightyear, James Brolin as Emperor Zerg, Kiki Palmer as Izzy Hawthorne, Peter Sun as Sox, Taika Waititi as Mo Morrison, and Dale Sulez as Darby Steele, Uzo Aduba as Alicia Hawthorne, Mary McDonald Lewis as Ivan, and Isaiah Whitlock Jr. as Commander Burnside. So, James, big fan of the Toy Story films. What were your thoughts on the Lightyear movie? Why are you just assuming I like the Toy Story movies? I know you do. (laughs) We've talked about this. Because you got a friend in me, bro. That's right. Because you're a fucking child. (laughs) Um, What did I think? I I liked it. It was fun. It was a fun movie. Saw it with Jelly, actually. And uh, a bunch of kids in our theater. But, you know. It's a kids movie. So. I mean, that's appropriate. I know. Yeah, I was yeah. like, "Shut the fuck up!" No, I'm just kidding. I'm trying to watch a movie. Damn it! Hey, you know what's funny? Shutting the fuck up. No, I'm just kidding. It, it's a pretty basic story. I think it has pretty good animation. Storyline itself was pretty basic, but it's one of those kind of things with a message, and it's like you know about teamwork and living life, and there's some, some surprisingly touching moments in it too. So. I liked it. Do you like how it was kind of uh, framed to be fit inside the Toy Story universe? I think it's kind of funny. And then they really pushed on it, by the way. I didn't realize. Yeah. I'd always assumed that it was just like a thing. And then they like blatantly say it in the beginning of the movie. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so there's no doubt. Dude, what if what if Andy was like, why do they look better than us, though? You know, like animation-wise. <laughs> Is that more, why do they look more realistic than us with his dead eyes from 95? He's like, <laughs> shit. Somebody posted, they posted like a, a promotional thing of Andy with all the toys there. And then someone was like, the toys wouldn't be there. Then they would have been aware of the fuck Buzz Lightyear was, you fucking idiot or some shit. That's true. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was fun. And uh, I like the voice casting. You know, it's predictable. But it's not as deep as the some other Pixar films, even some more recent ones. But 
I mean, they don't always have to be. It was just it was a fun little watch. So yeah, it it's a film based off of uh, a universe of a film based off of 1995. So you know, it's yeah, it's right. <laughs> what about you, Marco? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what were your thoughts on the story? No, it was a it was a nice money grab. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that uh, I mean, was right it, now though? Was it was it nece- uh, was this sequels? movie was this movie necessary? No, but did I like it? You goddamn right I did because I'm a sucker for <laughs> Pixar. <laughs> and yeah, it was it was fun, dude. Uh, I saw a family and uh, had a good time watching it. Uh, I agree, the voice cast is great. Um, it's not. I know everyone is 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 saying this, and I, I agree there. It's not as super deep as some of the other Pixar movies. I know we expect this big kind of you know question of life and stuff but it, it does touch on some some really important issues you know about you know change and and, and letting go and, and moving on which you know some people fucking need to do but um like it, it did it you know in a very heartfelt way and i i liked um i like the interaction between between the characters um chris evans i think had had obviously some big shoes to fill with playing buzz lightyear and i think he did it very well like it just i heard buzz lightyear i didn't hear chris evans that much so i think he did very very well there captain america for me baby all right (laughs) (laughs) you're like i could do this all day uh turns around just winks at zerg uh (laughs) get it i I, i'm gonna preface this next comment with this i love taika watiti uh, I think the man's a genius. I think that he's a really good director, really good writer. I don't want to get oversaturated with Taika Waititi, though. Yeah. Like, give my man some breathing room. Cause, hey, can Taika Waititi uh, he, not be the same character in every fucking movie he plays? He's yeah. got a distinct voice. Yeah. It's, uh, it, what is like, that? A little boy from New Zealand? Is that his distinct voice? Yeah. <laughs> no. I don't want him to get... Uh, you know Colin Farrell okay like we're just in every fucking thing you know washes out and then it's like whatever happened to this so-and-so obviously he's, he's very talented and he ain't going away but still man like stop casting this motherfucker and everything okay like I think he's kind let of him Disney... focus on the goddamn Thor movies I think he's Sorry. kind of a Disney dude now that's why dude yeah yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Star Wars movie and it's like fuck no yeah he's he, he's he, yeah, he's in everything which it's, it's cool just you know we'll see Fuck, don't man. I want him to last, you know, longer than five years. Come on, man. Um but yeah, man, it's a heartfelt movie. Have you know, some scenes that'll, you know, give you tears in your eyes, you know, if you're human. But uh overall <laughs> not for the dogs though. Don't let the dogs watch it. Yeah. <laughs> uh um, overall enjoyable, man. What what about you, okay. Bill? What how, what did you think? How'd you feel? I, Touch me. I, I kind of feel me. the same, right? Like it's it's a it's a good film. Is it is it the best Pixar film I've ever seen? No, um, it doesn't but need it's to a, be, it's though, a good right? anime film. And yeah, exactly. It doesn't need to be. It's it's got a decent story. It. <laughs> I was we were just talking about this with James that this is kind of like the uh, kids' Top Gun, right? It's like it's a space thriller. It's got stuff going on. There's some action, Call animation. Back to a movie for 20, 20, 30 years ago. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's been a while. It's. It has been. It's it's a fun film um, for what it is, and it does have a nice little message near the end. Um, though I don't know how many children are going to get that particular message, but maybe you know some that of them will. That was for the adults. Yeah, it's, it's more for the adults. <laughs> yeah. um, and and, and there was a little, like, little <laughs> right. Let go there was a little childhood. tearful moment. No, actually, exactly. I thought of the Bill's so, meme that thinks of me. Survive. <laughs> survive. <laughs> survive. Damn. <laughs> 
Yeah, like it was it was an enjoyable film. I don't I feel like though of the of the Pixar films specifically, this is definitely a little different. Yeah, obviously it's based off of a character of a character, right? But it where the other ones have a little bit they're they're more original and focused on on a specific message this film very i mean there's so many toy story references and you get the idea of like okay yeah. we get it he's both light here every time you it know? happened i would tell you nelly it's from the movie i just had a question like, Bill, how <laughs> come so in toy story buzz didn't have a pet cat I don't know. That's a, is that weird? That that's my favorite part of the film is, is socks. Like he's I'm, I'm just like man. So they 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 just don't make a toy of my my man socks. Yeah. Okay. Because he's a cat. He's a cat. That's kind of the best part well, of the film. Who knows? Uh, there's probably it, there's in their universe. There's probably like a trilogy of these movies, right? So maybe socks guys. <laughs> that might be. Yeah. Probably. Or maybe there was, but uh, Andy's well, too poor. He couldn't afford it because he's playing with toys from the fifties. I'm just waiting for the plushie. <laughs> he was more of a dog person. That, you know? He had sling. No. So I mean, like as as a a film that's in the Toy Story universe, I think it's great. I think that I love the references. It's a lot of nostalgia. I, I watched Toy Story a hundred million times. I can't even count. Like I got them all, and it's and it's it's fun in that sense. So you you get a little bit of that. You get the action and thriller. But again, it's it to me, it's not anything that was like oh, um, bringing anything new to the table. It was just. A good little enjoyable film that I I can't barely remember half the the things mm-hmm. that were going on to be honest. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> but speaking of things that I can't remember, were there any real memorable scenes, Margot? Was there anything that really did stand out for you and said, you know, this is this is the apex of the film here? There, I like the space scenes. There, uh, the yeah. scenes where where Buzz is uh, going into space and, and flying the spaceship. I don't, I don't want to give away too much. I mean, I guess the the trailer kind of does give away some stuff, but eh, just go. Uh, <laughs> I, I like when he's when he's constantly testing the the fucking spacecraft and and trying to the hyperdrive the hyperdrive, and he's trying to, to to reach maximum speed. He's trying to reach Mach you know Mach ten, you know, like in Top Gun. And, that was uh, cool. <laughs> exactly. But I, I do I like I I those scenes were just so so fucking good, and the fact that it it uh, you know created time dilation, and I was like, wow, that's a very big concept for a kids movie. I'm glad you guys are talking about it. Is it weird? I wanted to see Interstellar after that film. I was like, right? And I thought just of that, I was like, that's pretty fucking cool. And the way he was slingshotting around the fucking you know the star and everything, those scenes really fucking uh, caught my eye. And um, like I was just kind of like, oh shit, all right, good 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 shit, Pixar. Um, mm-hmm. Also, uh, the the scenes were during during that what was happening in his life because as Buzz kept you know test driving this thing you know more time passed by and the, those so those scenes really uh, really caught me and it was just fucking heartwarming and I shed a couple tears there was dust in the theater so um, first yeah. ten minutes cause. <laughs> Shit. Hit him right like, here. Fuck, they got right me here, bro. <laughs> gotta live life. Gotta um, stop the, worrying the, about it. Basically, just live life. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was missing out yeah. life. Yeah, I was like, holy <laughs> shit. But yeah, those scenes uh, really stuck out for me, man. Yeah, James. What about you? Anything that really just uh, spoke to you? I cannot believe Woody showed up shirtless, just oiled up. It's crazy as a cowboy, <laughs> and he's just like got a snake in the Funny boots. thing is, it was Tom Hanks in real life. <laughs> yeah, right. just real him like, hey me tom hanks playing woody 
I'm no, the, um, I liked a lot of the callbacks too. The, I mean, I'm a sucker for that shit. Mm-hmm. Or like how he like discovers to use like, oh, I do like a blaster on my arm, and then mm-hmm. the overall suit. I liked, I like the, I like the, the the look of it all too. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the, I mean, I'll talk about the spoilers. There's scenes that are in more spoiler territory. I think are kind of more memorable for me. Yeah, um, I, I think one of the things that really did stand out outside of you know, I just loved. I did. I really did love socks. I think was, he, he was hilarious. But um, and it's it's cool uh, too. By the way, that guy is like a an animator, I think, or some shit. He's not even a real like. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. So he did a great job as a voice actor. He's got a bright future ahead of him. He does really good as a he robotic a cat. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I do beep, like beep, the beep, the narration that uh, Buzz does in this film. Like he's he's kind of making his own little log, and it, and it and it being called out by um, his partner, yeah. uh, Izzy Hawthorne, just throughout the film. I just think that's hilarious because it's like little callback to Toy Story, that's a callback to Toy Story, <laughs> yeah. right? But it's it's actually like what he was doing in the film. So <laughs> that I think was really really funny. Those those yeah. small little things where it's it's like. Oh, this is why Buzz does this um, as a uh, you know, in Toy Story are, are just hilarious because it's like a part of this Buzz Lightyear's character and who he is, it's and like those little callbacks were things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those were the things that I thought were always um, the best parts of the of the film. And as they're a pretty. Whole. I mean, there wasn't like consistent. I would say too throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like throughout. Yeah. Um, which which I think was really enjoyable because you got to it kind of reinforce that just a little small things he would do the way he'd move I mean even though with a laser like you said James like all those little things were just fun to see His when they came up phrases mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. come on space right. command I was like oh he said the thing space yeah. command <laughs> or he's like what's he say rats always or something like that or yeah last or I forgot he, he says something like I'm like that's what Buzz says one toy like movie. Those are the things that were really fun. I mean, the space scene, I think anytime he was in space, especially high hyper- drive scenes, um, definitely Marco were the more memorable ones. I think mm-hmm. visually they were just more, because t- they were different, um, like were this, really cool. Yeah, and I, I like the sandwich scene too. That was cool. The sa- that was that was also very fun. It's to look at it in different perspective, get it? Mm-hmm. James, yeah. James went home and tried it that same night. I thought about Except it. I, should have I, like, I, made a, I made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I was just like, fuck, it's everywhere. <laughs> I look crazy. <laughs> my mom was like, what are you fucking doing? This is why you fucking live my hands. This is why you still fucking live here. I'm sorry. Fuck. <laughs> oh my fucking God. I'm not a fucking adult. Fuck. <laughs> fucking help me, please. I thought the milk goes on the counter. I just poured milk on the counter. You drink it off the counter. <laughs> what the, the fuck am I doing? She's like, he's oh, high again. Shit. Jim, get down here. He's fucking high. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are you doing, you son of a bitch? That's it. We need you to fucking leave. But no. Oh. Bailey got concerned. I'm sorry, Bailey. What's going on? Okay. He's like, hey, chill out. Oh, shit. So, yeah, no. It was, oh, it was cool. <laughs> well, I will say for me, what didn't work was that the film itself was just fine. There wasn't any like particular scene that I could say like, "Oh, this is a terrible scene," or we sh- they-, they needed to uh, change direction on something like that. I I think I enjoyed the film more or less. It's just nothing particularly kind of stood out to me to make me feel like, "Oh, this is one of the one of the greater films." So 
James, was there anything on your end that you thought Marlo's really? Dying right now. Just, I know he is. I see him. Mark, I, see I just heard. Him. I heard. I thought someone was crying. I took my headphones off. I don't think he's <laughs> taking a breath in a second. You can see, he looks so red. Trying to catch. <laughs> oh shit! I just, I, I just imagined James just thinking covered in peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Too good. What about for you, James? Was there anything that you felt really just didn't work here? Or I, I was, agree with you. Was there something nothing, wrong like that? Nothing yeah. to me was outside of like. Well, I do want to talk about one scene in particular uh, for like the spoiler alert, which I actually liked, but um, not really. I would say it, it, that is the weakness of the film to me is that nothing was great. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. But which is fine. It doesn't. And like I said, I still had fun watching this. So. Mm-hmm. And I know, like a lot of people are getting on it about that, about it being kind of more of a simple kind of movie and such. But it worked for me, like I said. So, so Marco, what about for you? Anything that didn't really work for you um, in this movie? Uh, the stakes were kind of low on it. There weren't any real stakes. Nothing that really transcends the character or takes them on a, on a you know on a journey that they need to go through to to you know to grow. I guess. I mean, to to a point, it does. And they they do sort of address it early in the movie, like how a lot of time is passing by and while Buzz is on this mission and um, he's missing out. But I, I felt like it never really like after those first few minutes, it never really hit home. You know, it never really like unlike other Pixar movies where that big moment, that big realization is is, you know, it's it really like. I guess like captures you and, and and gives you that like feeling like you're growing with the movie, but that's okay. I was okay with it. They don't always have to do that. And it's okay that they didn't put that pressure on themselves and just, you know, made a, made a fun movie, you know, um, that, that being said, I mean, there are some scenes, like I said, that still, you know, that get you in the feels and all, but it's, it's not to the, to the extent or to, um, I guess to the scope that some of the other Pixar movies do. So okay, well let's uh, let's talk a little bit about spoilers in a second. Here we'll go through our ratings um, before we do so. It's not too much. I think there is spoiler, but um, we can uh, definitely make make some speculation and some reveals. Uh, we'll start with you, James. What did you rate this film? I give this a four out of five. Actually, four out of five. Yeah. Um, Okay, that sounds good. That's actually better than I thought you were going to write it. <laughs> I think I did, right? Uh, Isn't that what I rated it? Fuck, now you yeah, make me question myself. <laughs> no, I'm sure it's Did true. I rate that or three and a half? Why are you making me... Fuck, let me double check. I'm not... I gave it a four. I, no, I, I just verified. It's a four. <laughs> As I'm just, like, sipping my drink here. Sure. Well, what about you, Marco? What did you uh, rate this film? I give it four peanut butters out of five peanut butters. Yeah. I actually gave it three and a half stars, so... Wow. Oh, wow. You said there was Chuck no Andy. Where the fuck was Andy? I'm like, well, Bill, it's it's uh, it's not that type of movie. Bullshit. <laughs> Alright, so before we jump into the spoiler section, um, if you haven't seen the film and you want to save yourself from any crazy spoilers because you're a diehard mega Toy Story fan, uh, skip ahead forward a bit. You'll be able to hear how to get in contact with us and also find out what we'll be watching next. Otherwise, stay on for just a moment and we'll jump into spoilers.
Okay, so the big reveal is Emperor Zerg. He's actually Captain America. Future Buzz. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Captain America. He's Woody. He's Woody. He's actually Woody. That Which is a callback to a Toy twist. Story 2 where he's like, I'm your father or some shit. You know? Yeah, he's like, no, that's impossible. So it's like, he's multiverse, kinda? older Buzz that came back. I guess. Right. Yeah. It did kind of play out like that from Toy Story 2, though, that yeah. that first scene, yeah, which was great. Um, Zerg, I will say this oh, much, Zerg was very menacing. He was, throughout yeah. the whole film. They yeah. did a good job. They did, They very Darth vader him up. I was like, I like this. It was less so, though, when they finally revealed that he was him in the future. Frail like, oh, old okay, man. we yeah. just slowed down all this. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, any any thoughts on that, um, Marco, just on the reveal itself, or did you feel you know, like, ah, oh, predictable? Um... Not really predictable, but uh, I liked it. I thought that it was a. Uh, it's kind of like you have to. You got to face yourself sometimes, you know, in your own fears. And I like that. It's kind of. It's really like putting a mirror in, right in front of you. Literally, like it's himself. So I think it worked for the True. story, and it 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 worked for the growth of the character of of Buzz Lightyear for him to realize like <clears throat> what what it is he would become if he just doesn't you know go with the times or you know. Evolve, change, grow. So. Oh, I thought he was chicken shit because he just ran off. He got there, found the results, and said, "Nope, I'm not going to rest it," and left. That's what <laughs> it, it's like, it's like his alternate, like, "Hey, this is what will yeah. happen if you continue yeah, exactly. on this path." Is yeah. of not trusting people or the fishing, not finishing you know, the mission. Yeah, it, it, when it's all the mission and not about people, if that makes sense. Like, this is what yeah. will happen. What about you, James? Any thoughts on the Zerg reveal or just Zerg in general? No, no, like I said, I, I thought I thought it was a good review. I didn't I didn't see that coming by the way. I did not know that was gonna no. happen. I was oh, like, whoa, what the hell? That's, yeah. Yeah, so, that's a surprise. I, well, yeah, I didn't think it was gonna be a future buzz. I just I thought it really was his dad for a second, then I was like, this makes no fucking sense. <laughs> Why would you introduce a character we've never fucking met before in the last <laughs> just out of out of the blue <laughs> quarter here? So um yeah, it was kinda random. I was like, What the fuck, dude? But um yeah, it worked. And then it shows like he has it in him to be evil and good. Yeah. He can happened. go either way. It's his choice. Yeah, he's yeah. Nabil knows all about that. <laughs> the decision lies in you. Sure does. Uh, okay. Um, so, James, would you would you like to see another sequel to this? Would you like to even? Have other Toy Story spinoffs? Maybe we do a Wild West version of of. Uh, uh, they already had Woody. that. It was fucking Woody's round roundhouse roundhouse or whatever the fuck it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was wow. like, you don't need that. One thing I did want to bring up real quick was the scene that I did like was where he kind of the other buzz is like, put it in and we can change the past and we can get back and none of this will ever have happened. I like that scene. That's my favorite scene. And then he's like, wait, but then you know people actually lived lives and shit. You know? Yeah, yeah he actually thought about yeah. that. Yeah. I really like that. Exactly. Part, where he was like, just because he wasn't able to do it, but so many people got to experience life and they just, you know, they got to live life. And that's, I think that's the overall message of the movie is like live life to the fullest. It's everything's guaranteed. And, you know, trust other people. Try to be more of a, like a human being, not just a fucking cog exactly. in the machine. Don't, you know what I mean? So don't know. Don't, don't just live, you know, uh, for yourself, but look at, you know, other people around you and stuff. And, the consequences of that because that action itself could have caused a, a consequence that would have you know erased you know somebody's life and stuff so yeah i agree james 100%. um but coming back do i want to see a sequel i mean i wouldn't mind it i actually did like the characters like i said so it was one of those things where i felt like 
everything worked out by the end, but if there's never another one, I wouldn't be like shocked if that makes sense too. What about uh you, Mark, any other thoughts on the film? Um anything else you'd want to see more from this franchise? If if there is one. No, I don't think it deserves a sequel. I don't think it needs a sequel. Not gonna say deserves, um, but it doesn't need a sequel. But <laughs> he's like, nah. <laughs> is it, is is it gonna dies. get one? Yeah, maybe they could. You know, it's I mean, they got so much money, they don't give a fuck, man. They left. They fucking left it open for a sequel. I'm like, okay, here we go. Here or at least go. a really cool ride at Disneyland, right? <laughs> a Mr. Potato Head uh, spinoff. Yeah, but uh, it's no, just I, 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 I was gonna just say, head, yeah. I forgot about Woody's Roundup. Fuck, uh, but I was gonna say, shit, do one with Woody, you know, Wild West. But you know, they already did. You son of a bitch. I know. So I know. I know. <laughs> what if they were puppets? What if the film version though? It's, they of were puppets. The show. It's a TV show. They never had a film. Yeah, version. it's That's an why adaptation of it. Yeah. Then we can have a Toy Story debate universe. Yeah. What if Andy's right. like in the future? He makes a he becomes a movie director, and then he's like, "My gay fantasy was about my fucking cowboy toy, so we're gonna just put him up here, greased up and shit." <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> wow. <laughs> he's just wearing it a got vest, real no shirt, real me, fast. just fucking yoked. Just yoked. I've got a snake in my boot. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and I I would agree with all of you guys. Like, I don't know if there really needs to be a sequel to this. I think the film was. Uh, pretty fine as a one-off i wouldn't be surprised if they find maybe not with toy story but uh, any of their other properties are always looking for something to to franchise on disney as a whole like i don't know though they're, they're so skilled like they're they just you know just keep coming up with stuff I yeah think they, the I original think stories done, are better i though. think they're done with the toy story stuff is what i'm saying yeah i mean this would technically be their fifth film now at this point so um not to mention the I countless other the, spinoffs they've had and you know, cartoon shows um, based special on stuff, even on Buzz yeah. Lightyear alone. Like there was a Star Command cartoon back in the late nineties. So there was, yeah, which which they kind of reference as well. Yeah, they were so, like, hey, that, that's the thing that came out after the movies. I'm like, stop making this thing fucking work already. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, Fuck, so man. I think that there's there's no need for it. And if the the numbers say anything as far as how well it did in the theaters, that maybe there won't be. You know, if anything, they might just have something more in streaming, or they do a TV show. I don't know, but. I don't think I need to see anything more from from this at this point. I, the film was was fine, so and we can leave it at that and work on something more um, singular like they've done before. All right, guys. So that's the end of podcast one twenty seven. Thank you guys for listening, uh, Marco. Let them know how they can reach us if they would like to. Uh, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Movie Pals Pod. Make sure to like, follow, share. Let everyone in your life know about us also if you use apple podcasts spotify soundcloud google podcasts iHeartRadio, stitcher or amazon music smash that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode if this is your first time listening to us thank you so much for giving us a shot you have joined us for yet another copla corner so yeah go back and listen to the rest if you want stick with us for the long run and we'll appreciate you Tune in next time, guys, to episode 128. We're going to be doing a unique film called RRR that you can actually already watch on Netflix ahead of time. So watch it before the uh, review so you can participate with us. And we're going to bring back a topic of the week, too. So until then, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. Have a great one.